Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate! Demons, listen out! After what's Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur fossils? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. That damn lie! I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man! None of it is true! We're not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. All right, author of the Into the Rabbit Hole book series, Micah Dank. Micah, welcome to the show. How you doing? Nice to have you on. Thanks, man. And I'm reading your book. I'm almost done with the first one already, and I'm just flying through it. And I got I got to ask, like, how did you feel like getting into this stuff? How did you start with all this? Um, so in 2012, 2013, I moved to Boston. Okay. That's why my characters are from Boston. Uh, I'm from Long Island and I moved to Boston. And, uh, when I first got there, there wasn't a whole lot to do. I got there for a new job. There was a lot of free time. So what I ended up doing was, uh, the iPad was relatively new at the time and I would be on YouTube just going through rabbit holes and I came across astrotheology and I just started diving deep into it and, just started learning so much. And then I started doing the codings on my own based on the information that I had learned. And my brain was just so full of so much random information that I decided to just write a book series about it and just include all this stuff in it, all this crazy stuff, conspiracies, uh, astrotheology, basically all the topics I sent you. And um, that that's pretty much it. And it's been doing well so far. It has, it has. I'm, I'm loving every minute of it, man. The, the style you write with just flows from one page to the next. I, I love it. And you've littered this, at least the first book, with just hero quotes. I mean, if you don't mind, I could just... Yeah, please. I, had, I just had to cherry pick this because, you know, uh, not too many, at least until recently, I hadn't known too many other people who even mentioned the name Jordan Maxwell. Like, I mean, he was a voice that people knew, but I, he was, the name wasn't on too many people's lips and now I'm hearing it everywhere and I'm happy about it and hearing a quote from him in your book here, let's say you're sleeping and someone lights up a 600 watt light bulb next to you. The first thing you're going to do is shield your eyes. Why? Because someone who's more intellectually brilliant that tries to wake up someone who has been sleeping their whole life will be offended. Secondly, they will be angry because they don't want to have to think. Yeah. And that, oh, it just, it sums up so many feelings that I'm sure you, me, and, and so many in our community have, have dealt with over the years. And, and it's yeah. almost impossible to try to talk to family members and friends a lot of times because these topics are so vast and so full of, of wisdom that it's hard to explain one thing without having to take 10 steps back at every turn and try well, to that's kind of why I wrote a fiction series because you kind of, you get away with telling more truth in fiction. Mm-hmm. And, um, also I could just make them plot lines, storylines, plot points. You know, it's, you, you're not even realizing how educated you're becoming just by reading the book series. 
if you'd like to just kind of give us a little bit more of uh, what the book series is about and, and, you know, where you're taking it, I'd love to hear. Yeah, so <clears throat> the book series, the first book, is the story of, you'll meet Graham, okay? He's um, Graham Newsden, and Newsden, by the way, is an anagram for Snowden. I was trying to figure that out. I'm like, this sounds too <laughs> coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> most of my you. characters, most of the places are anagrams in the books. They're also they're they're I try and uh, encode them. But um, my first book, you meet Graham and he's a functioning alcoholic who's a Harvard med student. And he's got this brilliant best friend. He's got this really rich and cool roommate and um, he's got a long-term girlfriend. He's got a, a friend that's this girl since childhood. And he finds out from his mother one day that um, his brother had been killed. Okay. In, uh, or committed suicide. It's kind, of, it's kind of iffy. They're trying to figure that out. So he has to go to Washington, D.C. to get a medal from the president because he was a Marine in Syria. So he goes there. And he ends up getting uh, the medal, and he meets the president, and she asks him some questions about her, her, his about his brother, which seemed weird. And then, while he was on his way there, he found an email in his email from an unknown source that turned out to be his brother, and it was this long, rambling, nonsensical email. And his friend figures out that it's this complex cryptogram that they have to decode. And the deeper they go into it, the more trouble they get into. And, like, this goes all the way up to, like, the president, the Vatican, everything, mm. you know? Now, I mean, I'm familiar with some of your work, obviously. I'm familiar with the themes that you're talking about with astrotheology. But I'd love for you to kind of go into, for my audience, what is it that this, that this astrotheology is telling us about the world? Yeah, I could do that for sure. Um Hold on. You have to give me screen share. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Share screen. Let me know when you see this. Oh, I got it. All right. So, astrotheology is basically the, um, just the metaphysics. It's basically the, uh, the mythologies of the Zodiac. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how it pertains to the Bible and a lot of hidden codes in a lot of ways. So if you go back 40,000 years, you have something called the Lascaux Caves. And the Lascaux Caves were in France. And what happened was there were these ancient caves that people went into. And these researchers went into. And when they went into the back, they saw things like this. Pictures of bulls, pictures of lions, pictures of horses. <clears throat> in astrology, you know that bull is Taurus, Leo is lion. And the Sagittarius is the horse. Um, and what they did was they carbon dated the wall. And that came out to be about 40,000 years old. And carbon dating is accurate up to 40,000 years old. Carbon dating is accurate up to 50,000 years old. It's just that carbon-14 passed that. And when you get to the hundreds of thousands or the millions of years, not so much. Mm-hmm. It kind of fades off. Right. But it is accurate up to this. So they dated this at 40,000 years. Then what they had was they had a scientist, um, I'm sorry, an astronomer come in with a computer And because we have the technology to do this now, they took that computer and what they did was they rewound the sky back 40,000 years to see what it was and printed out what they had. And lo and behold, all these signs lined up to where they were in the sky. 
Okay, so we've known about astrotheology for about 40,000 years, but it's, it's deeper than that. It's not just this. There's mm-hmm. questions you can ask. It's how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why his birthday's on December 25th. All this is astrology. So anyway, um, we have to go over the 12 signs because you have to know what to look for in the Zodiac. So I'm going to do that briefly. Genesis 1.14. Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And that's what the Zodiac basically does. This was a time period when they didn't have clocks, watches, smart tablets, (laughs) microwaves, VCR, just whatever that would use to keep time. They didn't have it, so they needed the sky, as Genesis says, to basically tell them when to plant, when to harvest, when winter was coming, when night was coming. They needed all this stuff. So that's basically why it is, and that's the most important thing. And if we ever revert back to a prehistoric time where we're living in caves, learning fire and all that stuff from day one, um, we would need to know this first. Something like finding God would be very low on that list. It's kind of like a privilege for richer people. Right. Uh, who have things a little bit easier. You know, this is what's most important. So the first sign that I talk about is Aquarius, which is represented by the man in the water pitcher. Then Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Aries is the ram. In Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or in other words, the passing over of the sun over the equator. And back on its way to its height at the summer solstice. In Christianity, the passing over is changed and called the resurrection of God's son. It's why the Jews smear the lamb's blood on the door. It's why they have the lamb bone on the Passover plate. It's why they blow the ram's horn to the sky. It's because they're the people of Aries. Mm -hmm. Whereas we're the people of Aquarius right now. That's an interesting point. Uh, I don't want to interrupt. I just... uh, I. I've noticed that um, I've heard a lot about uh, it being Aquarius now, whereas years ago I remember hearing something about you know twenty one fifty or something being the next sign. And yeah, that's that's horseshit. Um, right. Each sign, each sign is twenty one hundred and sixty years. Mm-hmm. The end of a, the end of Pisces was December twenty first, two thousand twelve. Ah, now that's the, what that date meant. Okay, it's supposed to be the end of the year. No, the Mayan calendar just ran out. Right. doesn't mean that that was the end of the world. They made a movie about it. They really capitalized on it, just like they did with Y2K. It's like the same thing that they did with Y2K. It's just nonsense. Don't get in the business. Don't get in the business of predicting the end of the world. You lose <laughs> followers because it right. will never happen. So Taurus is the bull, and it's as above, so below. When you look in the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so that you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. That makes sense. Gemini is the twins. That's Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Cancer is the crab. It's the sideways moving creature. What the sun does, if you picture the zodiac wheel being a circle... The sun starts December 25th, and it walks along the zodiac wheel, and every day it rises a degree. Every day it rises a degree. Then it hits June 21st, then for three days it stays at that height, and then it drops a degree. Goes a degree down, 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 hits December 21st, 
for three days, it's at the lowest point. That's why they said God's son was dead for three days. Because the sun is at its bottom of it. And then it raises on December 25th, one degree. That's why you have um, Jesus, you have Christmas, you have Dionysus, you have Osiris. I mean, not Osiris, you have um, Horus. They're all December 25th. And this is why. It's because they represent the sun. And the sun rises a degree that day. This is fascinating stuff. And, you know, I I feel like there's a good amount of people in the world that look at society back then and they think that they were different than us. They think that they were dumber, less intelligent, smaller brains, and that is such a vast... There's a place. word for that, actually. It's called chronological ethnocentrism. No way. Okay, that's cool. Which basically literally means chronological time ethnocentrism, that they're dumber than you. Right. It's just, I, I feel like that does hold quite a bit of people back from even entertaining these things because they just think when, even when they hear someone like you explain it so detailed, they're probably going, okay, so these idiots thought the sun was a God. You know what I mean? Like they're not understanding that these people were just as intelligent as us and using symbolism. Right. So the next sign is Leo and the ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when they're talking about Jesus God in the kingdom, they're talking about Leo. Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk on the right, as you can see. Remember when we were saying that you plant in Taurus? Well, the virgins would go out and cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread. (laughs) All comes around. Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. The reason it's justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox. And begins its descent into winter, into cold, into its death. The Jews always celebrate the new year around the fall equinox, Rosh Hashanah. And because it judges, and it's Libra, and it judges, they also celebrate Yom Kippur, which is eight days after Rosh Hashanah, which is the day of atonement. It's the day of judgment, where God is going to put you in the book of life for another year, or he's not. Libra is also wine season. So when you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you could press the wine here. So Virgo is the bread and Libra is the wine. You have the bread and the wine. Those are the symbols of Christianity. Man. (laughs) And Scorpio is the scorpion, and he's known as the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like two lips. That's the betrayal. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. It's why Judas was betrayed. I mean, Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. So the son is judged in Libra and betrayed in Scorpio. And then finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun, finally killing him. In the Bible, it's translated as a spear going into the side of God's sun. And I'm going to show you the Bible passage where they explain that. And we went over why December 21st, the sun is dead. Yeah, lowest point in the northern hemisphere sky, correct? Correct. Now, would we find these same uh, beliefs in the southern hemisphere? No, it's reversed. That's amazing. (laughs) But here's the thing. It's reversed, but here's the thing. The Egyptians, the Jews, the the Christians, the Bible believers, they're all in the Northern Hemisphere. That's why they did the science this way. Okay, okay. That makes sense. All right. See, the Australians, June 21st is actually the coldest day of the year. Right. And then finally, you have Capricorn. It's the goat because he likes to climb the mountain. He starts the climb of the sun back on its way to height. So metaphysically, metaphorically, it's climbing the mountain. 
That's so, cool. names for Jesus. He's called the scapegoat of Israel, which is Capricorn. He's the son of man, which is the man sign in Aquarius. He's the fisherman of men, which is Pisces, the two fish. It's also why he f- could feed the masses with two fish. Mm-hmm. He fed the masses with two fish and five loaves of bread. Well, the bread is Virgo, as I've already explained it. And Pisces is the two fish. Those are opposing signs <laughs> in the Zodiac. That's he's, beautiful. He's the lamb of God or the ram in Aries. He's the lion of Judah, also known as Leo. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo. He's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Libra, the scales of justice. He's known as the just one. He's betrayed in Scorpio, dies in Sagittarius, and also why he's worshipped on the Sunday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and how he always has, quote-unquote, halos behind him. Right, I get into that right now. So take okay. a good look at the guy on the left, okay? That guy. The sun is always behind Jesus because he represents the sun. The two fingers up are an ancient Kemetic peace sign. And when I say Kemetic, I mean Egyptian. Mm-hmm. The separate sign, this, is a British war sign. Oh. This is an ancient Kemetic peace sign. So they've reversed the meanings in this. What a surprise. Okay. The white Jesus picture is actually Caesar Borgia, the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. Before then, there was no picture of him, and it was decided that his picture would be the face of. Wow. Finally, the, the crown of thorns wrapped around his heart on the outside, and the heart is always on the outside, represents the rays of the sun. Remember how Jesus had the crown of thorns on his head? That represents yeah. the rays of the sun. Okay. The heart is always outside the body in pictures of Jesus, too. You'll always find these same things in every picture. The heart represents the toroidal field of the heart. See, we have an electrochemical gradient that goes out six feet from our body. That's why the uh, elites are telling you to stay six feet apart. It's because you can, your energies can no longer interact with one another. Yeah, and kids are being put in tents individually in classrooms. Yeah. It's pretty disgusting. Proverbs 16, 18, pride comes before the fall. You've heard of that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Famous This is taken to mean that your ego will be your downfall. However, a group of lions is called a pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is Leo. Leo's in July and August. That comes before the fall. Bingo. (laughs) Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, Bethlehem is two words in Hebrew. Bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. So the house of bread. This is Virgo with the wheat stalk, the virgin. So the savior will come from a virgin. Oh, jeez. Deuteronomy 32. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. You see how many signs are just in that one passage? Yeah. It's just, now. I mean, now that you've gone through it, it's, it's almost hard to unsee. Revelation 4-7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. <laughs> the first uh, living creature... The, what? Go ahead. Uh, what, what's the flying eagle? I'll explain that. Okay. The first living creature was like a lion, Leo. The second was like an ox, Taurus. The third had a face like a man, Aquarius. 
The fourth is like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. Its evolved form is the eagle, or, or notably the flying eagle. And the eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. So the eagle equals Scorpio. Huh. So you have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio. Those are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. If on the zodiac wheel you have the equinox and the solstice that form the perfect cross, this forms a perfect X through that cross. Revelation 12, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It's a metaphor for the sun being in Virgo. If the sun is in Virgo, then the moon will be at her feet. If the sun is in Virgo, then the moon will be directly under her. That makes sense. Uh Another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco, which is on your left, is the dragon. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelve signs, or one third of the stars out of the sky. It's just so it's it's everywhere. It's the whole it's the whole Bible. It seems like I could now is could do you think you could do this with the entire text? You think? Yeah. Potentially, like, have you ever tried to do anything uh, surrounding uh, stories of the Nephilim or anything like that? No, no that I have not done. Because of course, that's always cited. Everyone loves to cite that for Bigfoot, aliens, just everything. And I'd be fascinated to find out what symbolism might say about the Nephilim, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've given examples of astrotheology in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I've been accused of cherry-picking verses from the Bible to prove a point. So let's take a much longer passage and see if we could decode it as well. You remember the story of Job? Um, yeah, he... Uh... Kind of, <laughs> he he was uh, wasn't there like a deal between Satan and God, like to play a trick on him or something? Yes, yes. Okay. Do you remember exactly what it was? It, something about um, wasn't Job like super devout? Yes. And, yeah. So Satan wanted to prove to God that anyone could be corrupted, kind of, mm-hmm. or something like that. That's all I recall about. No, it's perfect. So what I'm reading to you is God's response to Job when he cries out. Okay. This is Job 38, 32. He says, can you lead forth the Maseroth? The Maseroth literally means the Zodiac. Okay. It literally translates to the Zodiac. Over time, it becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, which is good fortune from the stars. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Then you have the Lord's challenge to Job. He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? That's that's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. Then he says, can you bring forth the constellations in their season or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the Zodiac above and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the Great Bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? That's Aquarius, literally the man with the water pitcher. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? That's Mariga, meaning deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? 
That's a Salus borealis, meaning donkey and located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus, the bull. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear. Remember I mentioned spear before? There it is. And Lance, that's Sagittarius with the bow and arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook? That's the fish Pisces. My God. So, in reality, we're not really looking for an answer to Job's cries. We're literally just seeing more evidence of what all of this is really just about. Exactly. It's, it's, go, go ahead. Oh, I keep interrupting. No, no, no. Go on, because this, this is a break. Okay, okay. Um, so... What, bought, what worries me almost, should I say, is that uh, is there room anymore, with, if we accept this, is there room for finding, uh, you know, higher consciousness, uh, spirituality in that Religion sense? is the lowest that. form of consciousness finding. Fair enough. I Religion would, I is would... the lowest form. There's okay. spirituality and there's answers that you can get. You can get non-religious answers to eternal questions. Fair enough. So it almost seems like the truth of the matter is almost a religion with no dogma. Exactly. Now, what I just read almost you... Almost heartbreaking. <laughs> what I read you in Job just now is the... It's not only the 12 signs of the Zodiac that are mixed in there... It's also the 48 constellations that they knew about at the time. And how, we know 88 now. It's 88, which includes the 12. Mm-hmm. Well, now, do you think they just had more knowledge about the Zodiac because we had no... They had more time to devote to it. Okay, that's fair, yeah. They had more time to devote to it. It's literally what they, what they did. They had right. to. They had right. to know the stars. Yeah, this was literally just their schedule. I mean, you go back to even, that was 40,000 years ago with the Lascaux Caves, but you go to like a modern ancient history, like Gobekli Tepe. Right. You know, that was an astronomy observatory. Yeah. And you could see the signs right on those pillars. Yeah. That's all it is. It's these ancients until they modernized. Now, remember too, it's important to know that there was no air pollution back then. Right. There's no industrialization. They could look out and see across the whole sky. Yeah, no light pollution. I can only imagine. Because even if we go to the darkest places, great for stargazing, it's still probably not even close to no, what not we've even experienced. close. Not even close. And to track them for thousands of years and understand the movements. And clearly understand how important it all is. Right. Jeez, that's fascinating. Wow. Uh, so I do have, uh, let's see. Um... Yeah, so I mean, I think I'm going to have to have a physicist speak at my funeral at this point. <laughs> yeah, you can go back into that. You can go back into that. You you want to read that quote? Well, what I was going to, I mean, so I did have something, and I think I lost the page. Give me one second. I'm going to know it, and you'll probably know what I'm talking about, because it's in all caps. So I wanted to read this because it, it just really spoke volumes to me. 
All forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots. The phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers... They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. And that's from the Roman Catholic Church. And, I mean, what do we take from that when there seems to be so much relevance for some forms of magic, you know, astrology, uh, meditation, all these forms of spirituality that are so vastly condemned by It's a control mechanism. It's a control mechanism. Yeah. Is what it is. There's clear. I mean, I just from these thirty slides I've shown you, and that's all I really did. It's not a lot, but there's clearly astrology in the Bible, hidden. Clearly, absolutely. And you would think that people in the church would know this, and they do. They just it's it's keeping the information away from the wisers, from the from the people, basically the masses. Let me ask you your opinion on the elites, the cabal, whatever you want to title these these folks or whatever force is running the show what is the goal i mean if we're saying that basically all of religion we can kind of do away with 30 percent of what the what the conspiracy theory community thinks because i mean i this just kind of does away with a lot of the supernatural aspect of religion in general which is a lot of places where we generate all these fearful ideas of the government and and these evil mm-hmm. well, in one of my presentations i go over the hand symbols yeah that like so many people do and i go yeah. over that and um it's all been perverted it's all been taken and it's not going to last we're in the age of aquarius it's going to be a global awakening yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next. Like, do you think they're overplaying their hand? Do you think this is going to I think be they're hard? they're terrified because they know it's all going to come crashing down. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that too. Good. <laughs> so, the whole Bible is astrotheology basically. Yep. And which also means that every text connected to the Bible that was influenced by or, you know, influenced the Bible one or the other was also influenced. So, I mean, this is so vast. It's everywhere. It's coming out everywhere. What's next? (laughs) There's going to be a new religion. There has to be. It's a new sign. Yeah. I mean, and now, and what do you think, why do we think, why do we think that they still have to go through this cycle? Why do you think that the elites are still playing out this cycle and, you know, forcing us unknowingly into it? I mean, back then it seemed like a necessary thing to stay alive and, and actually have a culture. But now, I mean, with all the safety in place and all the security and the technology, why is this cycle still needed? What do you mean by why is this cycle still needed? Well, from, from what I'm gathering, maybe I'm taking it the wrong way, but from what I'm seeing is this Zodiac, the whole system is basically a tool for people to know what to do from month to month to survive. Right. To till, the, to till the land. If unless I'm taking at No, that's exactly what it is. It's a calendar. Right. So it's I mean, like it said in Genesis one fourteen. So I guess what I'm still a little confused about is why is this so secretive? Why is it so important? I mean, okay, I get the control aspect, but why did they still need to 
have this new god come. Because if you study all the old gods, you realize is that the story of the sun being betrayed, being dead for three days, coming back to life is the only story ever been told. Because it's the only story. It's the story of the sun. Everything goes back to sun worship. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I'm not saying there's no God and no creator. No, no. I believe in a creator, yeah. but there's certainly not one that spoke to people and, and came up with these books. These books are hidden astrology books. I went through the old and the new Testament with you. Right. I totally agree. I, you know, I, I can literally go, I could, I could do this all day. You know, I could just, <laughs> yeah. I could just go through the Bible. Every Don't get me wrong. Some of my questions are kind of, uh, I'm trying to let some of my more skeptic friends and family members speak through me, you know, right? because in the sense of, uh, from their perspective, I mean, without the background that I have, I don't know what I would make of half of it. You know what I mean? I mean, you've been speaking very clearly and your book is written very clearly. And I, I really hope it's going to, well, it's not just a book. How many do you have? I I sent you all three. I have six. Yes, I got, I I have all three and I'm almost all the way done with the first one already. Right. But it's not all three. I have six. You have six, and the the next three aren't out yet, right? Book four is coming out March fifteenth. That's fantastic. That's great. Well, I'll be having to get those too. And I, I've heard you on a couple other podcasts, uh, and uh, obviously you sent them to me. Uh, you know, if people want to avoid Amazon, they they should reach out to you, correct? Yeah, I'm on I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Micah Dank. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to me direct. I sell signed copies. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, if anybody's interested in learning more about this, I mean, this is a great book, great series so far. I can't wait to keep reading it, man. And you learn in a fun way. They're good stories. Exactly. I mean, I think that you're right. That is the way to get people's attention because people want to escape. And if they accidentally learn something while thinking they're escaping, that's even better, in my opinion. I've had people tell me, and I'm not just tooting my own horn here. I've literally had people message me on Facebook and Twitter telling me that they sat with a highlighter in my book. (laughs) Well, what usually happens is they'll read something and they'll go, that's bullshit. And then they'll look it up and be like, oh, okay. And then that happens five or six times. And then finally they're like, they just start taking your word for it. Yeah. Let me ask you, have you ever had these discussions with anyone, you know, a friend or a family member who just plainly says something like, okay, but... How does this affect us? I mean, you know, if they're so powerful and this is just carrying as as long as this science stays hidden to the masses, they'll continue to use it. Like we're brand new into Aquarius, but in about 1500 years, you're going to look back in history and they're going to be a new religion. Right. That's based on this stuff. Personally, I think it's, it's uh, merging with machines. See, now that, yeah, that, that seems very, that makes perfect sense, especially since I, 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 I really enjoy looking into Gnosticism, uh, and, uh, shit, if that's all symbolism too, fantastic. I mean, I it heard is. you mentioned you've done this to Enoch, the book of Enoch. So I've done it to Enoch, yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, I just, where was I going with that? Just, um, the Demiurge in, uh, in Gnosticism, it was originally part of God. And as soon as God basically made his first movement or first experience, the Demiurge came to life. And the whole idea of this earth basically being the lower form of energy, the the Demiurge in action. So it's basically like the human ego is running the show underneath it all. (laughs) Almost like the human ego is the, the main conspirator. 
Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because like the demiurge seems to represent that part of ourselves that always wants to stay here, wants to be in control. And when you think about these transhumanists that want to bring cyborgs into reality, that's, I'm assuming the end goal would be to obliterate death. And we would potentially, a lot of us would give up having the natural experience of death if you had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. <laughs> That's why religion sells you on the idea of eternity. Right. Just believe. It says just believe. Don't let the facts get into the way of your faith. But it's everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's literally people are waking up. And I'm really glad to have you on, man. I'm really glad to, to hear your perspective on all this stuff. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Recently heard someone say to me, you know, you're thinking in 3D, and that's the only place where the conspiracy is. Up here in 5D, it's just a joke, and you're in on it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and so I think that must connect somehow to, uh, to you know, uh, our ability to possibly generate part of this reality ourselves, and uh, maybe that's where this takes us, right? Maybe this false religion tries to keep us from realizing that. Yeah, that's fascinating. So I mean, could you say that there were once, you know, things that were good for us in the Bible, but it's just been twisted and. They just um, some of it. It, they, it was never meant to be taken literally. Taking it literally was a thing that Constantine installed in 325 AD. That's when everybody started taking literally, and they had the Crusades and then all that stuff. No religion spread without war. I mean, he got a hold of the Bible and kind of decided what was going to stay in and, and what he wanted out, right? Or twisted it around and this and that. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that has been done throughout history, right? Not just then um now if if these controllers are doing something like that why would they leave any evidence that jesus would talk about i don't know positive things perhaps that we might catch on to at some because it's useful it's useful give them just enough oh right that's another quote from your book about the rat poison yeah the idea that rat poison is like what 90 percent food yeah 99 (laughs) that was just (laughs) Because that's the only way to drag them in. Yeah. To lure them in. That's just, oh, God. I feel like this topic, you know, could depress a lot of people. People usually get angry and some lose their minds when they first start to wake up, but it's freeing. It is freeing. I feel like the dark night of the soul is kind of an inevitability and a necessary phase that one has to go through. So uh, any parting words from, for the audience? Any, I would just any, say uh, find me on Twitter and Facebook. Honestly, reach out to me. I, I respond to every single person. I might not get to it right away, but I respond to every single person. I'm doing 30 podcasts in March. That's awesome. Good for you, man. It's basically 30 for 30. So, uh, well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And, uh, yeah, just reach out to me if you're interested in the book series based on what you've heard Andy say, what you've heard me say. So far, I would strongly recommend because they're thrillers. You're going to be entertained as fuck and you're going to learn so much. His book series is Into the Rabbit Hole and you can find it on Amazon or reach out to Micah on Twitter or Facebook. It was great talking to you. I wish you all the best and I'll be talking to you soon, man. I'll definitely reach out about those next books. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Andy. Take it easy, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time.
Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, pacifaria. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows, okay? I mean, <laughs> <laughs>